It's interesting. I felt like the Lord just said, oh, we're going we're gonna to do the message instead of speak the message. Um, I felt like the Lord just said to, to come into a place. And so I, he's, he's, he's done what he wants to do. He's doing what he wants to do. And I felt like the invitation is for, for us, for Mike and I, just to help put some words to it, to what he's doing and where he's going. <clears throat> um, <laughs> let me just get a sip of it. I feel like my voice is... Hold on. So, um, thank you, first of all. Thank you for going where he wanted to go. Uh, it's such a treat to be led by the Lord, and it's such a treat to do it together as a, a church family. Um, there's not many that would be willing to say yes to how he wants to lead. And, and you guys, you just stepped in. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes. We can't, we can't go there alone. We go there together. In a church family, we go together. And, and that's one of the things the Lord was sharing with me was just that um, his heart, like Mike said, is is to take us from a place of sustaining worship where we maintain what we're doing, what the Lord's doing in the house. We stay in that place. But he wants to take us deeper. He wants to take us into breakthrough worship. I didn't know what that meant. Um, so I'm learning just like everybody else in the room is learning. And so uh, always check it with the word. Amen? Everything you hear in any church setting, you check it with the word. This is the truth. He is the way. He is the truth. His spirit reveals his truth. That's what he promises. Um, and your job is, is to read this and to know it. And, and not just to let it sit here, but let it get here. And when you get that check on your spirit, you go back and you check. And you go, maybe, maybe I was taught wrong as a kid in my church. Maybe there is something I need to change in my thoughts. Let the, let the Lord correct you and, and, and pray that the Lord would correct us. If I get it wrong, I want the Lord's correction in my life. Amen. I have missed it. My children would tell you I have missed it. Um, and uh, there's grace and, and we're, we're growing. Okay? So um, Here's, here's what I wrote. Are you okay if I sit down? I, I just feel like there's a place of holiness that I'm trying to honor. Okay. So my heart is just to, um, to stay low before the Lord. <clears throat> so the Lord wants to talk to us about worship. And there's a place of worship corporately that draws the Holy Spirit. He was saying that, that we, we can each get our eyes on the Lord individually, and we can draw the Holy Spirit. We can draw on his presence. We have the Holy Spirit. Don't get me wrong. But there's, there's more. And there's times where we, do, we seek him individually and we feel filled individually, but there's a difference. There's, a, there's an increase when we come and our hearts unite into what he's doing in a place 
and the presence of the God of God settles. It rests. There's a, a weightiness. You can almost feel it setting on you. It's where he wants us to, to um, increase our desire to go, and it's how he wants to stretch us in this season into this place of breakthrough worship. I feel like um, I might speed up. You guys know sometimes I start to speed up when I'm talking, um, so just bear with me. I feel like it's the Lord. Sometimes if I, if I talk faster, I stop thinking and I let the Lord move. Uh, so just let's just go through a few things. Are you good? We're good. Okay. All right. Um, I just want to use one teaching moment when we were at summer camp. Thank you for all of you. Again, we just say thank you for those of you that um, poured in, pressed in, prayed into, gave into, um, gave your children into us as summer camp. We are so thankful. And uh, we are constantly amazed at where the students lead us when they follow the Lord. They are following the Lord. They need encouragement, just like we all do, but it's happening and there's lives being changed and transformed. Hearts are changing. And one of the things we learned while we were there was that there was a, there's this beautiful heart of our students to encourage one another, to bless one another, to pray for one another, to hear the Lord, um, to come alongside and comfort one another. But we found that there was a place the Lord was asking us to go and worship that was somewhat like this morning where eyes were meant to be on Jesus. But we saw that the room, the family, was getting more on one another and not necessarily following this eyes on Jesus. And so that was where we, we, where we were. And, um, and it was a struggle and, um, we felt it at the set, this sort of session, we call them sessions. It's like a church meeting. It ended. And I, and I felt this weight of the Lord, like, uh, there's an opportunity to learn something here. Christy, are you willing and I thought, okay. So the next session, the, the Lord um, was, it was beautiful. And we started in worship. We have amazing worship, amazing, amazing students. But the Lord, um, he took me to First Corinthians. Let me turn there. If you want to turn there with me, I'm going to read from the, the New Living, the NLT. Um, so I don't know if things are going up on the screen, but that's probably where I'll settle. And... 1 Corinthians 2. There's a little bit of scripture here I feel like the Lord wants us to just look at. We can do that, right? Can we hang with a few verses? We can, in Jesus' name. Okay, there's a little bit of teaching I feel like the Lord wants to do so that, um, that we get some theology straight as far as I can see it in the word. And I'm just using the word, so if you have a problem with this theology, then... I guess you can talk to Jesus about that and see. I love the way another pastor says, um, usually when, when something's wrong, it's usually not the Lord, it's me. And so when, when there's a struggle between me and the word, I usually am out of line. So let's just read this. This is Paul. It says, when I first came to you, dear brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty words and impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan, for I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus, the one who was crucified. 
I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling, and my message and my preaching were very plain. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, I relied only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God. Yet when I am among mature believers, I do speak with words of wisdom, but not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or to the rulers of this world, who are soon forgotten. No, the wisdom we speak of is the mystery of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. But the rulers of this world have not understood it. If they had, they would not have crucified our Lord Jesus. That is what the scriptures mean when they say, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Here we go. Verse 10. But it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thoughts except that person's own spirit, and no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And we have received God's spirit. Amen? We have received God's spirit, not the world's spirit, so we can know the wonderful things God has freely given us. When we tell you these things, we do not use words that come from human wisdom. Instead, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truths. But people who aren't spiritual, they can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. It all sounds foolish to them, and they can't understand it, for only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? But we understand these things, for we have the mind of Christ. Oh, good job. That was good. All right. So, we're in this place of worship at camp, and the Lord asked me to read this verse, these set of verses. And I'm, I'm, I'm wondering why the room's distracted. I'm wondering why there's not this breakthrough in worship. And the Lord says to me, Christy, do you want to know what I'm thinking? And I said, yes, Lord, I want to know what you're thinking. He says, isn't my son beautiful? I said, yes, Lord, your son is beautiful. He said, isn't he amazing? I said, yes, Lord, your son is amazing. He said, Christy, isn't my son beautiful? I said, yes, Lord, your son is beautiful. And he just kept going. The father was pointing to the son. That was the thoughts of heaven. These were the the mind, the things that were going on. This, This 1 Corinthians 2, where we can know the thoughts of God because we have the spirit of God living in us. And sometimes we think we're we're praying to God when we're talking about ourselves. And we're praying, but we're talking about our problems. And I feel like the Lord says, do you want to know what I'm thinking? Do you want to know what I'm talking about? Do you want to know what heaven is doing right now? And I just thought, oh, oh, I've missed it at times. I've gotten into this place of saying, Lord, I love you. Will you help me? Lord, I love you. Will you come and, and be with my kids? Lord, will you come and provide this or Would you take that away, or would you heal this scenario? Or 
Or would you give me wisdom? And I, I felt like the Lord said, we forget in worship that our eyes are meant to be on the king. And what heaven is saying is the father is glorifying the son. The son is glorifying the father by being obedient to his ask. And the spirit is able, if we are willing to put the very thoughts of heaven in our hearts, and our minds, and then we think what's heaven's thinking, and we're, we're in a different place of authority. Amen? And that's breakthrough worship. There is a difference. There are songs, and I'm not saying they're bad songs. There are worship songs that say, you lift me up. You bring me hope. You do this for me. You do that for me. I feel good. I love you. I this. Those are okay things. They are good worship songs. There's beautiful things. But there is another level of worship that's what we did this morning, and it sets the eyes and the gaze and the focus on the sun and on the Father, and that breaks through. It gets us off of this realm and into that realm. Does that make sense? He says he invites us into the thoughts in the throne room of heaven that we can sit there with him knowing what he's thinking and, and dwelling on those things. So I feel like the invitation is that, is that very thing of asking the Lord, what are you thinking? What are the thoughts of heaven this morning? I feel like the Lord wants to thank you. Uh, practically speaking, as humans, there are things that stand in our way of coming into this place of worshiping the way the Lord is seeing from above. Amen? Do you ever get distracted? Okay. I, I work with students, and so we are not that far past students, you guys. We're like kids in adult bodies. We creak more and we hurt more and we have to stretch in the morning when we get out of bed, but we are not that further past their minds, okay? They get distracted and we also get distracted, amen? Some of the things I feel like the Lord wants to help us do is, is in this training, we love to talk about sports or, or whatever it is. Mike and I played sports, so it's familiar, but there's many places of training that the Lord uses as examples. And... Um, I feel like the Lord wants to train us this morning in how to come into breakthrough worship. How do we come into a place that our eyes are completely fixed on him? I am here with you, and this is just me sharing what I feel like the Lord's teaching. Is that all right? Are you guys okay with that? One of the things I felt like the Lord said, are there's verses in scripture that we can read through that will set our gaze on Jesus. Amen? Some of those are, and you may want to write these down, <clears throat> Revelation 1. I'm going to read just the first two. Revelation 1, if you're in worship or you're, you're in a place where you're um, fretting, you're stressing out, as my kids say, they're super stressed out. Um, Getting our eyes on Jesus sometimes just means we have to forcefully get our thoughts to go where Jesus is. This is what Revelation 1 verse 10 says. It was the Lord's day and I was worshiping in the spirit and suddenly I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet blast. It said, write in a book everything you see and send it to the seven churches in the cities of Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. 
When I turned to see who was speaking to me, I saw seven gold lampstands, and standing in the middle of the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. He was wearing a long robe with a gold sash across his chest. His head and his hair were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were like flames of fire. His feet were like polished bronze, refined in a furnace, and his voice thundered like mighty ocean waves. He held seven stars in his right hand, and a sharp two-edged sword came from his mouth, and his face was like the sun in all its brilliance. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as if I were dead. But he laid his right hand on me and said, Don't be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I died, but look, I am alive forever and ever, and I hold the keys of death and the grave. Amen and amen. That is the sun. That is our heart's desire. That is our longing. That's where we fix our eyes. Some others, I'm not going to read them this morning, um, but Revelation 4 just talks about another description of heaven, what's happening in heaven. We get our eyes off of this scenario and up there, right? Another is Isaiah 6 where he says, I saw the Lord seated on the throne, high and lifted up. There's so many. I'm just giving you a few. This is not an exhaustive list. Isaiah 53 is a prophecy about Jesus while he walked on the earth and what, that he was um, scorned, that he, did, we didn't, um, he didn't have an appearance that we appreciated, but, but it says what he comes to do. It sums, what he comes to set free and it also shows that when we look with our eyes, we miss what heaven's doing. We, the many that walked the earth missed Jesus, right? While he was here walking around, they missed it. We have to get our eyes up higher. We don't want to miss what he's doing. Um, some of the big things I feel like, um, that, that's just to help us get our focus, but the Lord also spoke to me, and we already, we already talked to this during worship, was that sin can be that hindrance. Sin can get in our way, right? Do we know this? You guys, this is not new. You know this. There's a block when sin's in our life, and a lot of times it's pride. I just say it right now. A lot of times it's pride. When you don't think it's pride, it's probably pride, right? You, and you know my phrase, Pride is like bad breath, right? Everybody knows you have it but you. So sometimes we have to go low. Almost all the time we have to go low. And if you think you're low, just go lower still because you think you are, you're not, right? That's just how sneaky pride is. It just sneaks in and it gets in the middle. We don't want anything between us and the Lord, amen? We don't want anything there. We want everything removed. So we have to get rid of pride. We read through Psalm 24. This will sound familiar. Who can ascend the hill of the Lord? He who has clean hands and a pure heart, right? So we, we ask the Lord to search us like Psalm 139. I already went through that. We confess our sins to the Lord. We ask him to cleanse us. These are just scriptural ways that the Lord ministers to our heart, cleans us up, and puts us back in right standing, right? If you don't want to stay where you are, we have to do something different, right? 
what is it they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result? We, we don't want that. We don't want to do the same thing. We want more of the Lord. If we want more, we have to allow him to dig deeper. Amen? All right. This is like quick teaching because I'm not reading a bunch of scriptures to you this morning. Here's what... Here's what I feel like the Lord is going to do in the house. And, and Mike, I know you have a few things on your heart, probably a lot of things on your heart. Um, and you're welcome to come up. But um, I feel like I'm just asking the Lord. Sometimes I, I told my students this, our students. Sometimes we become consumers of Christianity, of Jesus, and we want more and we want more and we want more, but we haven't stewarded what we've been given. And, and there's a responsibility that we have that when we come into his house and we grow with the Lord and he deposits things into our life, entrusting them to us, that we have to tend those very things. We have to stir up the soil. There is a participation with him, with the Holy Spirit, where we stir the soil of our heart, we allow the seed that he's planting to, to, to go deep, we allow the Lord to water it, we read his word, and it starts to bring forth good fruit. Sometimes I feel like in this house, we are so excited about what the Lord's doing that we can overset the table, and you're at the, the table of the Lord, and there's so much to eat from that we, we eat, and we eat, and we eat, and we eat, and we go out full but sometimes that's a disservice because we're actually meant to take what we've been, been given and we're meant to use it, digest it, chew on it, um, let it settle in our heart. So I don't, I don't feel like there's a whole lot other than what the Lord is, has done. The only other thing I felt, and we were talking about this in sermon prep, um, Sometimes, and I feel like the Lord was convicting me, so maybe he'll convict you with this story too. I'll come to the Lord, and I'll talk to him a lot about what I've got going on. And the Lord said, you know, Christy, have you ever been around, some of you have been in friendships like this, you've been around someone that you meet, and they talk, 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 and they end the conversation, you go, I just feel like I know you so well. You're... I just feel like we've always known each other. It's amazing. And I'm thinking, wow, I, I, didn't, I didn't say anything, actually. But, but you feel like we really know each other. And I felt like the Lord said, Christy, sometimes you do that to me. You get around me, and you'll talk, and you'll talk, and you'll talk, and you'll be like, God, I'm so glad we know each other so well. And he's, he's doing like, hey, do you want to know what I'm thinking? Yeah. It's dangerous, right? So I, I just feel like the invitation is to, to um, ask the Lord a question about what he wants to say. Uh, there's a lot to the Lord, amen? He's big, and he's thinking a lot, but I feel like his first thoughts are towards the sun. If we can get our eyes to the sun, who gives glory to the Father, Father put his spirit in us, we become part of this thing we can't understand. We don't know why it works this way, but it does. It does. And we step into this beautiful place of the Trinity. 
giving glory to one another. And as we do that, the spirit increases in us. Somehow we're changed. Somehow he increases himself in us. And uh, there's this place where we're willing to go wherever he wants to go. We're willing to do whatever he wants to do. Amen? I think I'm going to stop there. Yeah, why don't you come on up? Um, my amazing husband is going to come up and just, I don't know what he's going to do. <laughs> um, but I, I just want to say I'm so thankful for you guys. Uh, really thankful for, for your hearts, thankful for your hunger. Uh, I just want to encourage you, increase your hunger. How do you increase your hunger? You ask the Lord to increase your hunger. Lord, increase my hunger. I want to hunger more for you. Because when we come here, it's the family table. We bring something to offer. We bring an offering. Amen? Amen. All right. I feel like there's been so much today. Uh, it's just been a filling. I, I just want to, I want to close with this one just example. I felt like the Lord, you put it on my heart the other day as Christy and I were talking. And then this morning, I just felt like it just hit with like greater revelation. And I was like, oh, wow. It was a simple way to see what we're talking about here um, that I think maybe you can, it'll help you grasp what I feel like the Lord is showing us today. And, um, and the, so I just took some notes. I was just writing them down quickly this morning. Um, but I was seeing this as, uh, this analogy is that we are like the moon with Jesus as the sun. And, and here's the thing is, when you look at the moon, the moon actually has no light in and of itself, right? Uh, but what, when do we see the moon? Not a trick question. <laughs> when, uh, we see it at night, we see it in the dark, and these are important things to note. We see it in darkness, and we see it only when the sun shines on it. Otherwise, the moon would be pitch black. There would be, there would be no way to see the moon. It's only because the sun is shining on it. And, and in Genesis 1, it says that we're made in the image and the likeness of God. We're made in the image and the likeness of him because of his son in us, because of the Holy Spirit in us that is the light. We in and of ourselves, I hate to say it, how do I say it nicely? We're not that great. <laughs> you got no light in and of yourself. If you think you can like shine brightly and like you're great, nope, not going to happen. It only comes through Jesus that you become a light. Now, when you're in him, oh my goodness, this is why he calls us children of God, because his light shines in and through us. We become this reflection of who he is, and it's beautiful. Not because of us, and that's the concern, is like, look at me, look, and this is what happens in the church, is, is when we shine brightly, we can get a little prideful. Did you see that light? That was really good. I was amazing. And like, wait a minute. No, no, no. It's only Jesus shining in and through us. And, and so I saw this. I was, this is really cool. Um, well, let me actually take you to this scripture real quick. In 2 Corinthians 3.17, it says, And we, 
who with unveiled faces. So if you look at this, this thing, and I'm not going to get into this in detail. This will be for another Sunday. There's a lot here I feel like the Lord has it just to show us. But I'm going to just skim this and so you get this one part. Uh, but there's a glory to glory. There's a greater glory that he has for us. Uh, and, and, and it requires us, it requires the veil being removed. And, and in 1 Corinthians 3, it says that, or in 2 Corinthians 3, it says, it's only in Christ that the veil's removed. So that's the start, is it's eyes on him, it's eyes on Jesus. And, and then it says this, it says, uh, so we reflect, like as a moon, we reflect the Lord's glory. <laughs> I always say, don't touch the glory. But God actually gives us his glory. Just as he gave Jesus his glory on earth, now he actually gives us his glory but for the purpose of him being glorified. And so we are to receive his glory, but as a reflection so that he gets glorified. The concern is, is when we lose the reflection and we take the glory in, that's a bad thing. I won't go into it. It doesn't end well. Um, so it says that we become this reflection of the Lord's glory. And in this reflection, as we reflect his glory, it says we become transformed into his likeness. And there's a transforming that's happening to us. There's this metamorphosis. People, I, I, you know, people kind of take scriptures out of context and it's like, no, it's already done. Like, I, I'm a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed. Behold, I'm a new. It's done. I'm, I'm it. I don't have to do anything. No, that's not true. Read, if you read it all in context, there is a lot of work for us to do. And there's a pressing into him. There's eyes on him. He says, set your eyes on me. Continue in the faith. Uh, persevere. Like there, there are these things that we press into, and it's so that we can become more and more like him. That the more we reflect him, the more actually we're transformed into his likeness with an ever-increasing glory. That we would, and the hope is, is that we become brighter and brighter and brighter. And, and, and here's the concerns. Um, oh, by the way, so with that night, you see it at night, right? And the Lord took me to the scripture. In Romans 13, 12 and 13, it says, the night is nearly over and the day is almost here. What's it referring to? Christ is coming back. The light is returning. But we are in the darkness right now. And here's the way I saw it. So, how do I do this? Christy, stand up. You're, you're going to... So, um, I haven't actually practiced this or anything. This is just this morning. So, I'm just like, okay, Lord. Um, so, if Christy's... If Christy's... We're going to make Christy the sun. <laughs> if she's the light, if she's the sun, um, and then I'm going to say, the earth is here, and, and I'm the moon, here's the thing, is the, the earth, the way that we see it today is there's, we're in darkness. Jesus isn't on the face of the earth. And so who is he placed on the earth? He places Holy Spirit, which by the way, it says as we're transformed from glory to glory, it says by the Lord, who is the Spirit? So the glory and the Holy Spirit, they're, they're, like it is the Holy Spirit that reveals the glory of God in and through us as we reflect Jesus. And so you have this earth in the middle, and I was seeing like the dark side of the earth is, is the part that is, is not beholding Jesus because Jesus isn't on the face of the earth. So how, does he, how, is he, how is he glorified? How do people see Jesus? 
by the moon, right? In the darkness, I'm the moon. And so if, well, yeah, so this is, I'm trying to figure out how to best state this. Come on, here we go. Well, not always, but there should be light. So that says the night is nearly over, the day is almost here. So put aside the deeds of darkness. And it says, and put on the armor of light. How do we put on the armor of light? By the way, when you look at the armor of God in, in Ephesians 6, every single piece of the armor is Jesus. Don't get, don't we, don't get off on like, well, like the breastplate of righteousness, that's this. It's, Jesus is our righteousness. He is our peace. The feet shout of the gospel of peace. He, he is truth. Uh, <laughs> Jesus is our truth. He's the belt of truth. He is our salvation. He's the helmet of salvation. He is the shield. He is, uh, he's, he's all of it. He's the sword of the spirit. He's the word of God. Jesus is the word, right? So it's all, it all points back to Jesus. When it talks about in 2 Corinthians 10, 5, that we, we don't fight with weapons of this world. We fight with different weapons. Every single weapon is Jesus. It's all Jesus. So the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. Let us put aside the deeds of darkness. Put on the armor of light. And then at the end of this, it says, so clothe yourselves with the Lord Jesus Christ. So as a moon, we are all moons, and, and we are to reflect the sun. We are to reflect Jesus. This is the cool part. Um, what he's looking for is, this is cool. So when you become a believer... You're like a new moon. There's not really a great reflection. You're not, you don't look like Jesus, right? You just, you just accepted him. Yes, you're made a new creation. But I can tell you, when you first said yes to Jesus, people didn't go, wow, I just see Jesus all over you. <laughs> there was a lot of work that he had to do, right? And he's still doing. There's a process of going through this. And so there's not a lot of reflection that you have to look like Jesus, but what happens is as we behold him, as the, we become more and more like him, I felt like that there was, there's this turning. And so you go from a new moon, and as you spend time with him, like it's almost like what happens is your heart position changes. And so if you're like this, if I'm like this, and, G, and Christy's Jesus, she's the sun, and the earth is in between, and the, and the light is shining this way, it's a new moon. There's nothing. But as I begin to turn towards Jesus, as I begin to look to him, things begin to change. And all of a sudden, oh, I see a sliver of the moon. I see some light. And then as we become more and more like him, as we humble ourselves, our heart gets repositioned towards Jesus. And that is a full moon. That we become such a bright light to the earth because Christ is fully shining in us from glory to glory that comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Now we become the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. He says, let there, that there would be light and that light shines through us. Be careful not to hold on to it, that the glory doesn't get stuck with you, but it becomes the reflection to the, to the world around us. And then I saw these two things. There's a lunar eclipse that can happen. You guys know how a lunar eclipse works? I wanted to make sure I got them right. There's a solar eclipse and a lunar eclipse. The lunar eclipse occurs when the earth passes between the sun and the moon directly. And, and this is where I feel like this is what can happen, is when the earth comes between us directly, the light doesn't shine on me anymore. I'm focused on the worldly things. I'm focused on the pleasures, the riches, 
the, uh, uh, the cares and the worries of this world. And all of a sudden, what I've done is I've positioned myself to only see the earth, to only see the world, the worldly things, and not to focus my eyes and my heart upon Jesus, upon the Son. And what happens is the world actually gets in the way of the sun and creates a shadow so that the moon becomes dark. You get that? So, so we can't ever lose our focus on Jesus. It's our focus on Jesus and our hearts turn towards him. When we, when we start to gaze at the things of the world, it actually positions the world between Jesus and us. And there's a darkness that comes and hits our heart. And, and we don't shine brightly. The other thing that can happen is there's a lunar eclipse. And in the lunar eclipse, it's a little different situation. Now you have the moon gets directly between the sun and the earth. And this is what can happen. Is this is that position of pride that comes in. Where we go, oh, look at me. Look at how I'm shining brightly. And all of a sudden, the world's here Christy's here, and I'm like, oh, look at this. I am shining so brightly. But what happens is I'm shining this way, but, but the shadow is actually cast on me on the earth, and the earth gets dark. Why? Because I've gotten in the way of the sun. I position myself between the sun and the earth to go, look at me, look at how great I am. I feel like this has happened a lot in the church that we were shining so brightly, and we go, look at us. <laughs> we're doing so well. And actually, we're casting a darkness on the earth. It says that, yeah, it says that um, it, <laughs> when the moon gets directly between the sun and the earth, the moon begins to cast a shadow on the earth. And I just wrote, this is when pride comes in. We try and touch the glory, and we position ourselves between the sun and the earth. Instead of seeing Jesus rightly, when, we're, when we are, we're, we're on the other side and what we're doing is we're reflecting his glory and the reflection of his glory hits the earth with a bright light. Does that make sense? Okay. That's all I got for now. Would you guys stand up? We're going to pray. Uh, and I just ask this. Before, before you leave... I know we've been saying, eyes on Jesus, eyes on Jesus. Um, I just want to take the opportunity, if you just want to just love on somebody or pray for someone, if, if someone's like on your heart, just uh, this is the opportunity, I think, where we, we, we encourage each other in love and in good works and good deeds. So just to come alongside someone and maybe just say, man, I just, I want to encourage you. In prayer, I would say this, I just want you to like, just beware that as you're praying for someone or even giving some a prophetic word or something, that, that it doesn't put the focus on them, but that every time that it actually focuses everything back on Jesus. Don't, don't, don't begin to focus in on prayers that, that focus in on a person. Set them back to Jesus. Become that reflection back to him. So, Lord, I just thank you right now for what you're doing in this place Jesus, I, we just love you so much. Lord, I pray that, that we would not come to the Lord with our prayers, but that our first thought would be, Lord, what's on your heart? Would you speak to us 
that we begin with the listening prayer, that we capture his heart, and then we begin to pray the very things that are on his heart. Lord, I thank you that we would have hearts like David. David had a heart after the Father, and his desire was actually to build a dwelling place for the Lord, even though the Lord didn't even ask for it. He so knew the heart of the Father that, that we were to be a dwelling place for him, a resting place, that he goes, I want to build that house. <laughs> Lord, we want to know the very inner thoughts of you by your spirit, Lord, that you would reveal the thoughts of the Father. Lord, that we would say we want to do the very things that are on your heart. That just as Jesus lived on this earth and he said, I only do the will of my Father. I only do what I hear him say and I see him do. Why? Because he had the Holy Spirit to actually reveal those things. And then he says, now I give you the Spirit that would reveal all truth to you. So, Lord, I thank you that you are revealing yourself to us. You're revealing truth to us. And I thank you that we're changing our heart position, that we would be in direct alignment with the Son, direct alignment with Jesus, that we would fully reflect the glory of the Lord, that there would be a fullness of your glory that would shine in and through us as your people. Not because of our greatness, but because of you, Jesus, Christ in us, who is the hope of glory to the world around us. May we be that hope as we shine brightly in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen.